You're listening to Heart of the Ark podcast from the Office for Evangelization in the Archdiocese of Newark. We're coming to you to bring knowledge and some courage as we voyage through this life as missionary disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Jennifer Benke, and I'm co-hosting this podcast with my friend and colleague, Father John Gordon. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Heart of the Ark podcast. My name is Jennifer Benke. I am the Associate Director of the Office for Evangelization here at the Archdiocese of Newark. Today, I am joined by Father Charles Pinion, the Vicar for Clergy Personnel and an adjunct professor in homiletics at the Immaculate Conception Seminary here in the Archdiocese of Newark. Father Charlie, thank you so much for joining me today. Jen, it's a pleasure to be with you. Happy for the work that you and Father John do and for the chance to share some of that ministry with you through this podcast. I really appreciate it. Before we begin, would you mind leading us in prayer? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, In light of uh, the conversation we're going to have today, I thought it might be nice to use a prayer uh, that's used in the Liturgy of the Hours and at Mass on the uh, feast day of uh, St. John Vianney. So we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty and merciful God, who made the priest St. John Vianney wonderful in his pastoral zeal, grant, we pray, that through his intercession and example, we may in charity win brothers and sisters for Christ and attain with them eternal glory through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, Father Charlie. I really appreciate you being here. And as you mentioned, the topic of today, this is our our final podcast in in a four-podcast month. This is one of the months I had all of my ducks in a row, mostly. And we got uh, one for every week here in the month of the Sacred Heart. You can tell I'm fired up about the devotion of the Sacred Heart. And uh, I thought it was important to speak to you specifically, particularly because you are so involved, not only as a priest of the Archdiocese of Newark, but as uh, an influence of our young seminarians and also having uh, conversations with all of the priests as they uh, step into roles or step from one role to another in transitions. Just the, all of that is so uh, interesting and life-giving to me. And every time we have conversation, when I'm blessed to join you at, at the lunch table here in the chancery, we just have such life-giving conversations. I just, I really wanted to have that opportunity to speak to you. So could you tell me about your priesthood? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, and again, for the context, I appreciate what you're saying uh, about those of us who work here. And even lunchtime um, becomes a time of sharing our lives and sharing our faith. So for our listeners, it's kind of that reminder that you never know when conversations are going to offer that opportunity. Absolutely. Um, as a parish, and, and that's the segue into, uh, I've served in this role as vicar for clergy for almost four years. Um, but in 31 years of priesthood, most of my priesthood has been as a parish priest. Uh, and I mentioned that point about conversation because um, as I look back over those years and the topic for today, I find that we, if we are open to it, if our hearts are prepared for it, 
conversations with others. Uh, sometimes we can plan, we're going to have a conversation, um, but very often it's something in the moment. And as a parish priest, um, I definitely have found that true. Uh, there are things that I prepare, and then there are things that are in the moment. But that's true for all of our listeners, too. We know that in our families, in our workplace, in our community, in our church. But speaking as a priest, I would say, um, as you mentioned, uh, my role as vicar for clergy um, has me, um, you know, at the invitation of Cardinal Tobin, overseeing all the priests of the archdiocese in a primary way, looking at their assignments and where they're serving and um, where they may serve going forward, but also being available to them, guiding them, encouraging them, listening to their experiences. Um, as a as an adjunct professor of homiletics at the seminary, every fall I teach the fourth theology class. So there, my experience is one of working primarily with transitional deacons who have begun preaching and are looking to develop it. And so my role is to help them with that, to look a little bit at theory and preparation, but mostly the practice of preaching. A big part of that becomes knowing to whom we are preaching. So again, that for me kind of parallels um, parish priesthood. Who are you with? What are their lives like? Um, is your heart open to hearing their stories and understanding their experiences and also sharing of your own in appropriate ways and kind of really going forward together um, in, in community? As a parish priest, I served uh, for uh, my first six years at Annunciation in Paramus, uh, and then for five years at Church of Little Flower in Berkeley Heights, uh, before uh, serving for 16 years as pastor of Guardian Angel Church in Allendale. And now as vicar for clergy, um, I, uh, I'm not the pastor of a parish, but I do help out in a couple places on the weekend and, and elsewhere as needed. Yes, that's and that's where we met. You were helping out at a yes. local parish, and I happened to be the music person and yes. you were the priest. It was so nice to meet you. The, 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 the priest uh, had asked me, I think he was away, uh, if I would be available. And I, I came to, to celebrate a funeral mass uh, at the parish where, where you were the leader of song and, yeah. and involved. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, I, I've, I've just uh, grown into my friendship with you. I hoped I can call it a friendship with you, yes. but a colleagueship um, here at the Archdiocese. And I also am privileged to very often be at a daily mass where you celebrate and I get a glimpse of your homilies and I get a glimpse of who the ways in which you really speak to the people in front of you and that's so important for me as part of this podcast is that the conversation is the method of evangelization as well as the message of evangelization that 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 sharing of sharing of the journey together and where the conversation goes is really, um, that's the important kernel that I like to look at, that this podcast helps remind people that this happens in, it doesn't happen alone. Evangelization is the work of the Holy Spirit b between two people. Mm -hmm. so. I, I completely agree. And I think, you know, um, as you place it in the context of devotion to the Sacred Heart, um, for me, one of the things that is central to that, and, and really I just heard and what you're saying um, is that 
when we speak to each other in friendship, when we speak to each other in evangelization, we are speaking from the heart. You yes. know, it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, when we say, "But let me give you peace of my mind," uh, we, we might. Hope, we, uh oh, you know, what's, what are they going to say? <laughs> but they say, "I'm going to speak from my heart." You lean in. You know, um, so the mind is important. You know, we are meant to be people of mind and heart. You know, um, but I think when we know that it's from the heart, uh, we listen differently um, and we trust differently. Amen. Amen. And that's that leads into this this 10th promise of the Sacred Heart, which is that I will give to my priests the ability to touch even the most hardened of hearts. I believe I'm paraphrasing. Shouldn't be paraphrasing Jesus, St. Margaret Mary, but I will give to priests the gift of touching the most hardened hearts, which mm. is from Second Corinthians 5. We are the ambassadors for Christ since God is appealing to you through us. So some of this also is coming out of that uh, great movement and, and uh, letter to priests uh, from John Paul II in uh, 2001, and then also his call in 2002 for the Feast of the Sacred Heart to be really a, a day, world day of prayer for the sanctification of our priests. So talk to me about the ways in which you pray as a priest, the ways you feel lifted by prayer of others and praying with your brother priests as you have these conversations. That's important. Sure. I think uh, yeah, prayer prayer is a great starting point. Um, um, all of us who um, are in Christ um, or who are drawn to Christ uh, are called to be people of prayer. Um, and when we pray, uh, we pray sometimes personally and we pray sometimes with others. Mm -hmm. And when we pray with others, um, it can be spontaneous or informal or it it could be liturgical, you know? And so I think all of those are important when we think about how someone prays or in the case that you asked about how a priest prays. So priests are, are committed to a very particular um, prayer life, um, very much centered around what's called the divine office or liturgy of the hours, uh, the idea of helping to sanctify the whole day, um, the idea of being united with people throughout the world in prayer, um, the idea of always offering up prayer and offering ourselves um, to God. One of the things that struck me in, in preparing for today was that, depending on when you're listening, but in terms of our recording, this past Sunday was the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Mm -hmm. uh, and at Mass, what struck me was that this was the prayer over the offerings. Receive, O Lord, the sacrifice of conciliation and praise, and grant that, cleansed by its action, we may make offering of a heart pleasing to you through Christ our Lord. Um, and I just thought, like, wow, first of all, a beautiful prayer, um, but in light of today's conversation too, but that, yeah, it's from the heart. And even, uh, you know, as in the Mass we pray, you know, lift up your hearts. Um, so again, there's that essence, that symbolic nature of what it means to be, you know, from the heart, with your heart, heart to heart, all of that. Um, so the priest's prayer, just like everyone's prayer, um, is meant not to be only words, but prayer from the heart um, and prayer that, that changes the heart, prayer that softens the heart. I think that 
when we are praying alone, you know, we can kind of follow our own rhythm. When we're praying with others, we can see what happens. What does the Holy Spirit stir our hearts to offer? And when we're praying liturgically, um, there's that comfort and guidance of prayer that we all know we're offering in common together. Um, and one of the things that always strikes me about that liturgical prayer is that, you know, we may know the people. Like, for example, you mentioned here at the Archdiocesan Center, we have Mass at noon every day in the chapel. And so more or less, maybe there's a visitor, but we know with whom we are praying. But you're out in the parish where you're on vacation and you're like, okay, it's Sunday. Where am I going to Mass today? You know, you probably don't know everybody else there. And yet through our presence in Christ and through the common prayer, we're being united. Our hearts are being united in a way that is very mystical and very real. So I think that's some of what I would offer you about prayer. Absolutely. I I know that um, I've been privileged to not only in my work as a pastoral musician, but also in my uh, in my travels as a musician, um, attend mass in different countries as well and sometimes in languages that I don't speak mm-hmm. you know and so my Spanish is very rudimentary but I've been able to attend masses in Italian and Spanish in Spain and and German and Polish and I definitely don't speak Polish I can fake it through Serdenc uh, Komadko but that's about as all I, <laughs> all I have to say I know that I don't feel lost and even my children, when I bring them with me to experience mass in different languages, they always say like, Mom, this is this is the holy, holy, even though it doesn't sound like holy, holy or even sanctus. <laughs> it's just um, that comfort of knowing that no matter where you are, that the rhythm of the, the of the mass of the liturgical prayer is so, like you said, so comforting that you're part of, of something much bigger. Right. And, and I think with the, the, again, with the devotion of Sacred Heart, to me, that devotion, yes, it's about the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, but it's about our hearts. My heart, personally, our hearts as the body of Christ. And so when you're in those experiences where the language is not your own, the language of the heart is still there. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing that inhibits you lifting up your heart um, in prayer, even without understanding in the moment, because you know what you're choosing to do. And when it's liturgical prayer, you know you're doing it in community with the body of Christ around you. Right. Amen. Amen. So we started with John Vianney, the prayer, mm-hmm. and, and he had a, the priesthood is the love of the heart of Jesus. What, what is the priesthood to you? <laughs> Sure. Yeah, in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So, um, Jen, when you ask me um, what is the priesthood, uh, the very first thought that comes to me is uh, it's my life. Uh, you know, I was ordained at 29. I'm 60 years old now. So, uh, you know, big chunk. It, it, I, I passed the halfway point of my life being a priest, you know. Um, I, I say that because my answer comes from the context of experience. You know, when you're when you're growing up and you go to religious education, you know, you learn about priesthood or you know a priest. When you're in seminary, you're learning about it. And, and our listeners, you know, they have their experiences of priests that they know or they've met or they're friends with um, or what they've read or studied about. But beyond that, what is the priesthood? You know, to me, it's experiential and it's and its identity. Um, we are very much in a time and place where we emphasize 
doing over being, you know, uh, I, you know, when you meet someone, say, oh, what do you do for a living, right? You know, um, it's, it's what we think about what you do. You know, how are you? I'm busy. Okay. You do, 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 right? Um, but being, you know, uh, what did guys say when they, you know, what should, Moses asked, you know, who should I tell them? I am who I am, right? Being, being is at the heart. And so if we're created in the image and likeness of God, um, being is very important and not only doing. So the priest for me, very important what the priest does. Um, the ordination rite calls us to do things, right? To, to, to preach, to teach, to pray. Um, but in terms of being, um, I really like that, that quote that you offered, you know, about being um, the heart, right? So I think when we are with others and for others as a priest, part of the heart of that is sacramentally baptizing witnessing marriages, hearing confessions, celebrating mass, you know, sacraments are at the heart of a life of a priest. Um, and I would also say, um, maybe I'm biased because I teach preaching at the seminary, <laughs> um, but I, I really believe that, and in that context of the devotion of sacred heart, you know, softening, changing hearts, preaching is a big way that happens. I tell the, the guys in my preaching class, like, there may be 10 people in church or 3,000, uh, but if you're the priest at Mass and there's no deacon there, you're the only one in that group that God is asking to preach in that moment, you know? So this is an awesome responsibility and a gift and an opportunity. And I think preaching is, is at the heart because it's not, again, just the action in that moment, but the fact that we we're preparing, we're reflecting, we're praying, we're studying. Um, and also, as we were taught in seminary, remote preparation, the idea that your life, your experiences are, are meant to be nourishing you as a follower of Christ, as a priest, and as a preacher. Um, I would say, you know, what is a priest? The other thing is, uh, coming back to that idea of heart, um, it's somebody who's, because of the call and gift of celibacy, is one whose heart is meant to be available. You know, um, we don't have a particular bond of marriage, and so our heart, united to the heart of Jesus Christ, is meant to be a heart for the people, and it's meant to be lived in that way. Hmm. So, and that leads me into another reason that I'm, I'm grateful for you bringing John Vianney, the cure of ours, right? That he spent hours in the confessional. Hmm. So hmm. Um, I assume, and, and that's part of John Paul II's and Pope Francis when he speaks about the priesthood and even Cardinal Tobin when he spoke about uh, the priesthood at ordination this past May talks about um, the importance of being a merciful father. And so I just I know as a pastor, I've had wonderful uh relationships with pastors. Um, and that's been such a, a part of who I am. But talk to me about that uh, father's heart as well. Mm, okay, sure. So I think of it in a, a couple of different ways. And maybe one of them is, as you mentioned, the sacrament of reconciliation, whether it is sitting face to face or someone kneeling behind a screen, there is a real vulnerability, intimacy, and trust that comes in that moment. 
and they speak this as a confessor, somebody who hears confession, um, but also somebody who goes to confession. You know, <laughs> sometimes people ask that. You know, like do priests go to confession too? We most certainly do. You know, um, and so we we have the experience of seeing it from both sides. You know, um, and so that that fatherly image. Um, and I want to let's say frame this in the the side note that people have different experiences of fatherhood, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm speaking this from a very positive, affirming, loving understanding of fatherhood. I'm very grateful for my dad, my mom, you know, um, and their role in my life. But I think the idea of spiritual fatherhood and confession, um, when somebody comes, and again, Pope Francis in particular has spoken of the mercy, right? Uh, the name of God is mercy, he would mm-hmm. say. So to be a merciful father in confession, when someone comes to you and they're confessing their sins, they thought about it, they prayed about it, they're speaking it. Listeners, we all know none of that is easy, Mm. right? It's not easy to think about our sins. Um, It's not easy to pray about them. But also not easy to speak things aloud. And sometimes when people are hesitant for confession, oh, I can, I can tell God my sins and my my heart, my mind, and prayer. Say that's great. But if you have a good friend or a spouse or a parent or a child, and you have some kind of disagreement or argument, and you love each other, you may know you love each other, and that's great. But it's so different when out loud you say the words, I am sorry. And it's so different when you hear the words out loud, I forgive you. So that's part of the gift of the sacrament of confession is that going to confession, we get to say those words out loud and hear those words out loud. So the spiritual fatherhood of the priest and the confessional is to keep all that in mind. Um, Sometimes guidance or correction Counseling may be part of the confessional experience, but above all, it's one of mercy and healing and forgiveness and encouragement um, that someone not regret that they came um, or feel chastised for coming to confession, um, but relieved and even joyful um, that they've been forgiven. I think another way spiritual fatherhood comes through, um, again, I'll come back to it, is in preaching. Um, preaching is a, a very special role. It's an opportunity to speak heart to heart with the congregation of people, right? Um, so it's not a time of, uh, you know, condescension or, or distance, uh, but again, of intimacy, of a fatherly guidance and encouragement. We want to remember, too, that in a family, a father is part of the family. So spiritual fatherhood, the priest is part of the family. Um, You ask most priests when we're preaching and we look back, we find that we are not just preaching to our congregations. We're also preaching to ourselves. Um, And I think true spiritual fatherhood recognizes the need for one's own conversion, the softening of one's own heart, for the deepening unity of one's own heart with the Lord as one offers that to the people and, and leads the people in that direction. Yeah, I, I really appreciate your words on that. I know that um, hearing those words, you're, you know, go in peace, your sins are forgiven. I've, 
literally changed my life and, mm-hmm. and saved my life in ways that I, I can't even, I can't even share here because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that grace of, of the confessional and also the ways in which I've heard, ex- you know, exactly what I needed even if I didn't hear it in the scriptures, but a, a priest who really is connected to his people when he's looking out at the congregation. And, you know, I, as a music minister, sometimes I hear the same uh, sermon four times <laughs> in a weekend. <laughs> and I don't mind that because I have a thick skull and sometimes I need to hear it four times. <laughs> but it's also the ways in which the the connections that are made between the readings are in ways that I need to hear it, especially. And I know, you know, it's always a joy to work with a a priest where not only am I on the same page with them as, you know, like, oh, well, this past weekend, be not afraid, right? So that was a big part of it. But um, there was also um, after the sermon, the pastor that I work for said, you know, you pick that hymn and then verse was what I preached about, but it wasn't in the readings. It's it's amazing to me that we're on the same page. And I said, well, that's the blessing of me actually reading the proper. So I know that what you're preparing is matching what I'm preparing. But at the same time that like when you feel like you're on the same page and you can offer the people a little more encouragement in the same direction, they get to sing those words back that they heard in the sermon. That's I always feel like that's a good, good partnership and that we're working together well. But um, I just want to I want to thank you for those words, because priests have such a wonderful role in my life. And again, I, I've been blessed with a great father, but I've also been blessed with great priests in my life from the time I was a young child. So I, I just I and I, I appreciate all the priests that I get to work with here daily basis as well. As we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you about that sacred heart Eucharist, Father John and I uh, talked about it in a previous episode, but in terms of your own, uh, the Eucharist and the Sacred Heart, as a priest, that experience of being really able to touch. I, I, I think the way I would enter into that, you know, um, speaking about Eucharist, being about, you know, a priest when I'm, and I'll speak about when I'm presiding at mass Mm -hmm. as opposed to when I'm attending, uh, mass. I'll say a couple of things. Um, one is we, one of the ways we understand and look at priesthood, uh, the Latin phrase in persona Christi and in the person of Christ, um, and so to try to be mindful, attentive, present to that, not only in preaching, but in the whole celebration of Mass. Um, you know, it's it's funny, like, again, the expressions people use, like, uh, oh, Father, are you saying this Mass? You know, I know the expression saying Mass, you know, uh, is the expression, but uh, I always like to try to think and say, well, I'm praying the Mass, not saying the Mass, you know. Subtle difference, but I think significant because if we're praying the Mass, that is much more a rootedness of trying to have my heart in union with the heart of Christ, to try to be um, like the, the whole assembly. We're all there. We're the body of Christ in the world today. But in this particular moment, in this particular celebration, there's a special role of Christ 
and presence that I'm meant to bring as the priest. So I try to be conscious of that. But what I want to say that goes with it is that, and for me, this is part of the core of Sacred Heart, is that it's not only, and this is for anybody, about uniting my heart as priest to the Lord's heart, or you, the listener, your heart to the Lord, but that doing that necessarily unites our heart to the hearts of others. So I say that because at Mass, yes, I'm trying to unite my heart to the Lord's heart, but also to the heart of the people who are there. Um, and again, we may know them, we may not know them. When you're a parish priest and you look out at the assembly, you're like, wow, you know, I, I just did her husband's funeral. Um, there's the, the little girl who's excited because she's going to receive first communion in a couple of weeks. You know, and, uh, you know, oh, there's somebody new. I have to make sure I say hi. You know, so we don't know everybody's story, but we know some of them. But we, to whatever we degree we do or don't, to try to be uniting our hearts together. And I think, you know, for me, one of the ways that I, I try to do it, like since my seminary days. Um, I was fortunate to take a, a class uh, where we focused on the, the writings of uh, now St. John Henry Newman. Mm. Um, and uh, his his uh, motto, his slogan, you know, was Cor ad cor loquitur. Heart speaks to heart. It made an impression on me then and it's always stayed with me. And, you know, the more we dig into that, the more we deepen the devotion sacred heart, it's about the Lord's heart but the impact the Lord's heart has on mine, and not just for me, but then overflowing to others. Just as Eucharist, so you're saying the connection to Eucharist. We go to Mass, we are lifting our hearts. We're, we're called to be doing an action. So we don't just go to Mass or attend Mass. We're all there, we're all, lift up your hearts to the Lord. We lift them up to the Lord. And then, if our hearts are softened, they're changed, if they're broken, if they're converted, whatever's happening for all of us there, that when we go forth, it doesn't just end. Like we don't say at Mass, the end, okay? <laughs> uh, we don't just uh, drift away. We're sent on mission. Whatever words the deacon or priest uses at the end of Mass, there's something mission-oriented about it. And so whatever's happened to our heart is meant to affect everything we say and do as we go forth. And a big part of that is how we allow ourselves then to encounter the hearts of others. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Charlie. I'm going to offer a, a final thought with that is uh, as we speak about hearts, you know, um, and the beauty of confession and mass, you know, uh, for our listeners, you may you may one day encounter a priest with a cranky heart in the moment, you know. <laughs> Uh, like any of us, you know, you got up on the wrong side of bed, you didn't have your coffee, uh, I mean, you were up all night, uh, whatever. Um, I, I just want to offer that word, you know, as we speak of, of these wonderful gifts of the Lord and His sacred heart. You know, if you ever, in confession or, you know, mass or conversation, you felt like you had a, a conversation with a priest and it didn't, you know, stir your heart the way you had hoped it would, just encourage you not to give up, you know. Again, maybe the priest was having a bad day didn't have the skills he needed to be with you the right way in the moment. Um, but don't get discouraged and don't give up um, and, and to seek, you know, um, maybe a priest on a different day or a different priest to talk to. Um, we, in our humanity, uh, you know, we're not always 
able to be or say everything that the Lord might have called us to in that moment. So uh, just want to encourage you to, to persevere. Um, and uh, it's my first time as a guest in your podcast, but to thank your listeners for making the time to explore your faith uh, through this. So and thank you, Jen. Yes. And thank you, listeners. And Father Charlie, in that, um, we'll pray for all of our priests, but especially um, here on the podcast, we'll keep you in our prayers. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. The prayer for the novena to the Sacred Heart for the 10th promise. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Sacred Heart of Jesus, divine and eternal High Priest, let the life-giving waters of your love flow into the hearts of your priests and transform them into the living images of you. By your grace, make them true apostles of your Sacred Heart. Save souls through your priests. Accompany them through life. Give them the special grace of drawing sinners to your Sacred Heart, refuge of sinners, that they may find forgiveness and salvation. Sacred Heart of Jesus, I pray for the fulfillment of this promise that you made to St. Margaret Mary. I will give to priests the gift of touching the most hardened hearts. May your kingdom come to the hearts of all people through this activity. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. You're welcome, Jen. Heart of the Ark podcast is an initiative by the Office for Evangelization at the Archdiocese of Newark. If you want to find us online, you can find us at rcan.org slash evangelization. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Very soon we'll be updating our social media for the Heart of the Ark, but you can find us on Fireside Podcasts at Heart of the Ark dot fireside dot fm our theme song is composed by and orchestrated by eric hunter a dear friend of mine you can find out more about eric and his performances and compositions at eric e-r-i-c hunter h-u-n-t-e-r music.com this has been a pleasure and i look forward to hearing from you and speaking with you in the future